Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in the name of Allah most gracious most merciful Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin was salatu was salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursalin sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa habibina wa shafi'ina wa maulana Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Lord of the universe all mercy, blessings, salutations, love and compassion on our beloved Prophet Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, his family and friends and those who follow in their guidance until the day of judgment. Respected elders, beloved brothers and sisters, I greet you with a wonderful greeting of Islam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Peace, blessings, and love from the Almighty and all of us. The purpose of a Friday gathering or a Friday congregation is basically to highlight the happenings of the week and to try and resolve them. Sometimes people become so busy that they do not know what is really happening in the world. But this serves as a reminder for myself and for each and everyone listening that there are certain things that's happening in the world that we must be aware of and we must be conscious of. And if we take that, what has happened in the United States of America, but take it as a lesson for all of us in the world to learn from, apart from asking why, and see how we can learn the lessons so that we may be aware of what is happening in the world and try and remedy from within ourselves, that becomes important. First of all, our beloved Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, on two very important occasions. One was after the migration to the city of Medina, the very first sermon that the Prophet, peace be upon him, delivered on that particular day when he arrived in Medina, when he addressed humanity. And this is very important because the Prophet wasallam, said, Ya ayyuhannas, O mankind, salam, spread peace. This was the very first words of the Prophet, peace be upon him, when he addressed the congregation in Medina. And the second very important occasion is at the farewell pilgrimage when the Prophet, peace be upon him, also addressed mankind and he says, Ya ayyuhannas, isma'u qawli, listen to my words. فَإِنِّي لَا أَدْرِي لَعَلِّي لَا أَلْقَاكُمْ بَعْدَ عَامِ هَذَا I do not know if I will meet you again after this year. إِنَّ دِمَاءَكُمْ وَأَمْوَالَكُمْ حَرَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ كَحُرْمَةِ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا فِي شَهْرِكُمْ هَذَا فِي بَلَدِكُمْ هَذَا That was the most profound and important statement that cut across the barriers of all races and all creeds. Because the opening address was for mankind. It wasn't just directly at those who believe. For us to learn the lesson that not only this is one of my last sermons that I will be delivering to you 
but also one of the most important sermons that I will be giving. And starting off, making the life of a human being sacred. In other words, your blood is sacred. The prophet, peace be upon him, did not point out whether your blood that runs through the veins of a white person or a black person or a brown person. No. He says, Your blood is sacred. That means your life is sacred. Your property is sacred because the Almighty has blessed you with it. And it is as sacred as the people would understand that particular day of Arafat, how sacred that day is, how sacred the month of the Hijjah is, the first ten days, and also how sacred the land is that they were standing on. That in itself teaches us that no matter where you come from, and no matter what country you hail from, or what color you might be, that your life is sacred. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the glorious Quran in Surah Al-Hujurat says to us, Ya ayyuhannas, again, here the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses mankind. The Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not addressing, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Allah the Almighty says, Ya ayyuhannas, O man, inna khalaqnaakum min dhakarin wa unsa, I have created you from a single male and female. And I have divided you into nations and tribes so you may know and understand and comprehend the life of one another and understand it. But truly, the most honored of you in the sight of Allah are those who are most conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right now, what is making headlines throughout the world is the killing of an individual, George Floyd, in the States of America, and it caused an uproar in the whole of the United States of America. And that is telling us that young people are beginning to think and to understand that life is sacred, and no matter what color you might be. The oppressive nature of the humankind towards black people must come to an end. Now I ask you, as my beloved brothers and sisters right here in this part of the world, we kept on blaming apartheid. Apartheid is long and gone. The system is gone. But I ask you in all honesty, is petty apartheid out of our systems? And when we talk about change, we are not talking about political change, we are not talking about changing of the government's law, we are talking about personal change from within ourselves. And I can say this, that we have seen and we have fasted the month of Ramadan. If the month of Ramadan and our fasting did not teach us anything regarding the equality of mankind, then what did we learn? Because I think, in my humble estimation, that COVID-19 and the month of Ramadan together has brought us a greater realization that we are all equal. And I hope that is true. And for what has happened in the world is the killing of that one particular person made the whole world stand up. The injustice and the manner in which that particular person was killed. Understand this. 
the Prophet, peace be upon him, said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Almighty, has created us equal. You are all from Adam and Adam is from dust. This was part of the message of the Prophet ﷺ that he brought to humanity. And this message of the Prophet, peace be upon him, was that there must be, and this is the first principle of his message, and that is equality to mankind. Now what is beautiful about the Prophet, peace be upon him, is when the, when the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares the, the Prophet, peace be upon him, as a qudwatun hasana, or uswatun hasana, he is the greatest exemplar to humanity. It means that his entire life is an open book. Not only did he preach to people, but he executed what he preached. And that is demonstrated when the Prophet, peace be upon him, speaks about equality to mankind. And only if you realize the importance of equality to mankind, you will then be able to have justice and you will have peace to mankind. But look at what the Prophet ﷺ demonstrated to us. As he was walking past, an Abyssinian slave, whose master was Umayyah, one of those who are described as one of the most evil people in the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, or even in the history of mankind, torturing him in the heat of the sun, with a huge rock on his stomach to burn him, not just from the top, but from the bottom as well, as he lays in the desert sand. And all he can say to Umayyad ibn Khalaf, Ahadun Ahad, there is only one Lord, only one God. You are my master, but I have one master, and that is Allah. Think you are my master. In that particular torture, it has been written in the history books that Umayyad ibn Khalaf was more tortured than Bilal ibn Rabah because psychologically he could not break through to Bilal ibn Rabah. Now who was Bilal? Bilal, an Abyssinian slave. The first Mu'addin, the first one to call to prayer in the history of Islam. A black, and I emphasize the point, a black man. A black person whom we look down upon. The people that we think they are inferior to us. And as the Prophet ﷺ walked past and saw the torture of Bilal, asked, who will free the slave? And with immediate response, Sayyidina Abu Bakr he says, I will free him. He went to Umayyad ibn Khalaf and he says, I offer you 10 gold coins for the freeing of the slave Sayyidina Bilal ibn Rabah. He immediately accepted. And he laughed. He laughed about the whole deal that has gone through for 10 gold coins. And he says, by God, if you Abu Bakr came to me and you offered me one gold coin, I would have given you the slave for one gold coin. The response of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was this. If I, and I swear by Allah, if you have asked me for a hundred gold coins to free this slave, I would have given you a hundred. This was the type of equality that the Prophet, peace be upon him, instilled in his companions. He freed 
He freed Sayyidina Bilal ibn Rabah from the slavery and the clutches of Umayyad ibn Khalif. But in the same time, he also declared, when Bilal ibn Rabah said to Sayyidina Abu Bakr, you are now my master, he says, no, you are my master. That is the type of equality that we look at. Came to us via the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 1400 years ago to teach us the true meaning of equality. Take another example. At the time when the Adhan became a call to the duty of prayer, he was chosen, chosen to call people to come to the most important act of their worship, and that is their salah to come to them five times a day. But he was the caller, Sayyidina Bilal ibn Rabah. Second instance, at the conquest of Makkah, where everybody was present of all nationalities, they were all there, the greatest of Quraysh, they were all present, including the greatest of companions of the Prophet ﷺ, the Khulafa al-Rashidin, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Uthman, Sayyidina Ali, all of them present at the conquest of Makkah. With every single one of them who went into the battle of Badr, who went into the battle of Uhud, who went to all the battles, who came with the Prophet ﷺ. And what did the Prophet ﷺ do to demonstrate to the world not just to them, because what the Prophet ﷺ did was not just for them right there present, he did it for all mankind. He called Sayyidina Bilal ibn Rabah, asked him to ascend into the Kaaba with him and to pray with him where other no one, not single one of them, had that particular honor to pray with Rasulullah inside the Kaaba. And then, Remember, the Prophet ﷺ looked at the Kaaba and spoke about the honor and dignity of the Kaaba and how great it is. And asking Sayyidina Bilal ibn Rabah to say, You ascend and stand on top of the Kaaba, whom by even the kuffar, the, the non believers of Quraysh at the time, was the highest point, the most noblest and sacred point that was on top of the Kaaba. And he says to Bilal ibn Rabah, Get onto the Kaaba. And you know how he got onto the Kaaba? There was no ladder and th there was no escalator. Got onto the shoulders of the two most noblest of companions. Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhumah stood on their shoulders, they lifted him up and he stood on top of the Kaaba to give the Adhan. What an honor. What an honor. I say this, my dear brothers and sisters, where do we come on this issue of racism within ourselves? When the Prophet, peace be upon him, at that particular time on Arafat, makes a statement there is no superiority of an Arab over a non-Arab. Of a black or a white over a black or a black over a white. Why? Why did the Prophet ﷺ had to choose the Arabs? One Arab over another. And the Arab over a foreigner. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ lived amongst them. 
saw them, saw the arrogance, saw the ego, saw the superiority, saw the degradation of others, thus making the statement that you, even if you're an Arab, you are not more superior than another, even if he is a foreigner. Why black and white? Why black and white? Because that is for, for people not in the time of the Prophet ﷺ alone, but also for those to come. Not that the Prophet ﷺ was given the ilmul ghaib, what is going to happen, no. But that is through inspiration from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. مَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَىٰ He does not speak out of his own. It is divine inspiration that comes to him. So Allah guided him to say these words. Of there is no superiority of a white over a black. There was an incident in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. One of the companions, Abu Dharr. Abu Dharr al-Ghifari, he calls Sayyidina Bilal ibn Rabah the son of a black woman. Prophet ﷺ was then informed of the situation, called Abu Dharr al-Ghifari. Abu Dharr, did you say these words? Did you say that Bilal is the son of a black woman? He says, yes, Ya Rasulullah, I did. And the Prophet ﷺ says, Wallahi, you still have the traits of jahiliyyah, of the days of ignorance within you. Now look at that, my dear brothers and sisters. We are talking of 23 years of the revelation of Islam. Piecemeal. The Prophet ﷺ makes reference to what has happened to pre-Islamic time. So the reference that I am making right here is what has happened to pre-apartheid time is that what is instilled in us as human beings that you are superior to others and that petty apartheid needs to be removed with immediate effect. Can we say that we are treating a black person on the same level that we are? To say that we are equal and we are all from, from Adam and Adam was from Turab, from, from sand and from clay? Can we say that safely or are we still pushing them back? Do we still come outside the mosque and kick them around and say because you are black? Do we still put them one side when they have to eat as their domestic helper? Does she still have to sit at the back or outside and have something to eat and you give her a tin plate to eat out of? Is that still not part of the apartheid that we are living with? The Prophet ﷺ makes a profound statement right here. And he says, Ya Abadar, remember this. You call Bilal. You called him a slave, a servant, a, a son of a black woman. I am a son of a black and a white woman. And who was that? His mother. His mother was light of complexion. But who was his foster mother? His foster mother was a black woman. Therefore, Rasulullah makes the statement to say, I am the son of a black and a white woman. My dear brothers and sisters, this is quite serious. That you have people right now fighting over racism. Racism in Islam is haram. And you know what the term haram means? It is prohibited. So we need to remove it from our minds. And say to ourselves, this issue of racism must come to an end within our society. It is one well and good. 
To say Bilal ibn Rabah, mashaAllah. Let's talk about that Abyssinian slave. Let's talk about the equality of mankind. But I ask you this question, and this goes to all, to all of these people who, prof, who profess to be and, and to exercise equality. I'm asking you this, assuming Bilal ibn Rabah walks in here today, do we take him? Do we take him as a trustee? Oh, no, no, he does not come from my village. He does not come from my tribe. He does not come from my culture. He does not, he's not the same color. We can't afford to have a black man. No. My dear brothers and sisters, it is time we stop. We stop that behavior. He is not from Egypt. He is not from Iran. He is not from here. He is not from there. So we can't take him. Sahib al-Rumi. He was a Roman. The Prophet ﷺ took his advice. Salman al-Farisi. He was a Persian. The Prophet ﷺ took his advice. And they were regarded as companions of the Prophet ﷺ. Sayyidina Bilal ibn Rabah will stand out the day of Qiyamah amongst all Mu'azzins of the world. Where his neck will be the highest because the Mu'azzin will stand higher than all people on the day of, of judgment. That is Sayyidina Bilal ibn Rabah. This is the type of equality and the type of racism that Islam came to ab abandon and abolish at the very beginning of Islam. And he stands out as the person that Rasulullah used to show mankind that I, Muhammad وسلم, the last prophet of mankind, this is how I abolish racism. I don't talk about it. I'm not telling you to do it. I am actually showing you how to do it. My dear brothers and sisters, I will be failing in my duty. And yes, you are quite right when you argue on the basis of unjustly, unfairly, one particular person is being killed in the world and the whole world stands up. My dear brothers and sisters, do not forget that every single day in the same method that that man was killed, he was murdered in the same way. Our brothers, our sisters, our children, they are being butchered every day in Palestine. The same methodology. Knee on the neck. Handcuffed children, innocent children, being butchered and killed. And the rest of the world is quiet. They are silent. That in itself is a crime. If the thousands and thousands of people can stand up and march for 10 days in the United States of America because of the injustice done to one man, then I am asking the rest of the world, why is it that you are not standing up for what is being done in Gaza and Palestine? They are being butchered on a daily basis. They're being tortured because they are regarded as inferior. They are regarded as the cheapest blood on this earth. And yet the Prophet ﷺ says, Inna dima'akum, that your blood is sacred. To shoot and to kill a hundred Palestinians on a day, it means nothing to the world. But to kill one Zionist soldier, you find the whole world up in arms. 
My dear brothers and sisters, if you cannot recognize equality, then justice will never prevail. Justice will never prevail because as the second principle of the message of Rasulullah sallallahu is that we must have justice in all aspects of our lives. When you rule amongst people, you be just and fair. And sometimes, sometimes because the color of your skin and your bank balance determines whether you're going to find justice or not. If you come from a poor background and you're a black person, you might not even find justice anywhere. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even warns against that in the Quran. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَوْ يُهُ بِلِيبْ كُونُوا قَوَّامِينَ بِالْقِسْطِ شُهَدَاءَ لِلَّهِ وَلَوْ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوِ الْوَالِدَيْنِ وَالْأَقْرَبِينَ إِيَّكُنْ غَنِيًّا أَوْ فَقِيرًا فَاللَّهُ أَوْلَى بِهِمَا فَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا الْحَوَىٰ أَنْ تَعْدِلُوا وَإِنْ تَلُوا أَوْ تُعْرِضُوا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ خَبِيرًا as witnesses for Allah, even if it is against yourself, be fair and be just. Even if it is against your parents, be just. Even if it is against your own family member. Now you see, as far as the parent is concerned, the obedience to parents is next to the obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet peace be upon him. The ties of your family members and the bond that you have to keep is also there. But be fair when you, start, when you judge and you rule. If you judge with fairness, then at least you know you have done what Allah wants you to do. Do not compromise your justice and your fairness, even if it is against your own family or your own mother and father. But then Allah says, Now even, even if you are rich, how rich doesn't really matter. And if you are poor, doesn't really matter how poor. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that can protect both in his best way. And then again, If it comes to justice and fairness, do it with understanding. Don't follow what your hawa is saying. Your lust and your desire, what you want to do, what your heart is telling you. Do with it with understanding. But if you deviate from justice and you decline to do it, know this. That Allah is knowledgeable and He knows exactly and He's well acquainted with whatever you do, whether you are fair or whether you are unfair. Allah knows it. Allow me to say this, my dear brothers and sisters. We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that equality must prevail in our minds and our hearts at all times. That we must remove that ego from our hearts and we must not, be, must not think of ourselves as superior to others. And because our ego stands there in the way, we will always look down on others and try and bring them down at all times. Let that ego be removed from your hearts. The ideal opportunity was Ramadan. And right now, under lockdown, COVID-19. 
And while we are on that issue of COVID-19, we ask ourselves, some people have closed the masajid, some people left it open, and we have to respect both parties that have decided what they wanted to do. But I want to give you something to think about. You know the Prophet ﷺ said, if any one of you eat any of these strong-smelling onion, garlic, or leeks for that matter, do not come close to the masjid. Because the angels, they get offended from what Bani Adam, the human, gets offended from. So in other words, the emphasis would be on what you eat. But the emphasis is not just on what you eat, is how you smell when you come to the masjid. Now if that is the case, that you cannot even offend a person when you come to the mosque with a bad odor, then I ask you, is it reasonable and logical for you then to come to the masjid and put the life of somebody at risk? I ask you this question. When your life and the life of the other human being and the life of every single human being has been made sacred by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not just by Rasulullah We can speak more about figures, what the medical fraternity has been saying, but we are fully aware of what's going on around us. There is one important aspect that I would like to mention today, and that is, I've been notified just about an hour ago, that was this evening, inshallah, from about 17 hours, if I'm not mistaken, up till 23 hours, there will be a lunar eclipse. A lunar eclipse which most of the parts of the world will be able to see. Now whenever there is a lunar or a solar eclipse, it was the tradition of Rasulullah to go into prayer. Some scholars believe it must be done in congregations, some believe you must do it at home and you can do it on your own, especially when it comes to a lunar eclipse. And the reason for that is that when the solar eclipse happened in the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, it was also just after the death of the son of, of Rasulullah Ibrahim And people were going around and saying that there is a solar eclipse because of the death of the son of the Prophet, peace be upon him. The Prophet, peace be upon him, then responded. And he says that the sun and the moon, they do not eclipse because of the death of someone or even of someone great. It is signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when there is a solar or a lunar eclipse, then go into prayer. Why? Because it is also a sign that it can be the end of the world. And if be so, that it is the end of the world, that at least that particular time you are in prayer. Pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu method of praying, and I'll try and keep this as short as possible, the methodology of praying for the solar and the lunar eclipse was to pray two rakats. But it's not just two rakats. It is two very long rakats. Until the eclipse is gone. Some scholars 
has gone as far as saying at the first rak'ah, the Prophet, peace be upon him, recited the entire Surah Al-Baqarah. And then Surah Al-Imran. Until it reached Surah Al-Ma'idah. That was the entire Salah, which is, we're looking at approximately seven ajza in the Holy Quran. But you pray the first rak'ah, you read very long, as long as possible, as you can and you can bear. You go into ruku' and for the ruku' you'll be very long in that and make tasbih as much as you can. You then raise up from ruku' and you start reading again another chapter from the Quran as long as possible. You go back into ruku' that means you are making two ruku' in one rak'ah. When you get up from that ruku' you will recite and you will go into sujood. You will stay in sujood as long as possible, recite as long as possible of tasbih. You will get out of sujood, sit and go back into sujood. Read as long as possible. Then you will stand for the second rakah. Read whatever you can in the second rakah for as long as you can. Do the same as you did in the first rakah. You go into ruku' and then go back. Recite long and go back into ruku'. That means it's two ruku'ats in the second rakah. You will then stand and say, Sami'allahu liman hamida, go back into sujood. You will make your two sujoods, and then out of your sujood, you will sit your tahiyyat, and you will finish with your salah. After that, normally if it is the solar eclipse, there would be a sermon rendered. After the lunar eclipse, there is no sermon rendered because it is most probably in the middle of the night or some time of the night. But the important thing is here, is not always the length of the salah or the ibadah that you are making. It's for you to be in an act of worship. Whether you are reading the Quran, whether you are in salah, whether you are making dhikrullah, but to be in that particular mode of worship when the eclipse comes, because if it is the end of the world, then at least then Allah is taking you away in that act of worship. May the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that, that when we leave this world, that we will leave by worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'd like to make dua to all those who have been affected throughout the world. Coronavirus. But you know sometimes when people close to you and people that you know are affected, you feel it a little bit more. We make dua for the Honorable Sheikh Siraj Hendricks and his wife, Dr. Fuad Jakut, Dr. Safira, all those that are close to us, and all our brothers and sisters, every human being throughout the world. We pray that the Almighty Allah remove that from them, and that Allah bring shifa to all, and that the Almighty Allah remove this virus from the world in the time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so wish. We have learned a lot of lessons. We can speak more about COVID-19 next week, inshallah. But this week it was important that we address the issue of racism and especially petty apartheid that's still existing in the minds of a lot of people. We pray to the Almighty Allah to assist us to remove whatever is in our hearts and our minds of racism. And if we think that we are superior to others, that that be removed. And for us to understand that we are equal. Let us raise our hands and let us pray to the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen 
Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursalin Sayyidina wa nabiyina wa habibina wa shafi'ina wa maulana Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Allahumma la tada'lana fi maqamina hadha Zamman illa ghafartah Wala hamman illa farrajtah Wala daynan illa qadaytah Wala maridan illa shafaytah Wala maridan illa shafaytah Wala maridan illa shafaytah Wala mubtalan illa afaytah ولا ميتا إلا رحمته ولا حقا إلا أعليته ولا باطلا إلا أزهقته ولا مجاهدا في سبيلك إلا نصرته ولا حاجة من حوائج الدنيا والآخرة هي لك فيها رضا ولنا فيها صلاح إلا أعنتنا على قضائها ويسرتها برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم ادفع عنا الغلا والوباء والربا والزنا والزلازل والمحن وسوء الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن عن بلدنا هذا خاصة وعن بلدان العامة يا رب العالمين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين